Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinking. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, Charisma Coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You you're going to love this workshop. And welcome to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. Woo. That was a different kind of woof. Because you know Woody, he's the dog of few woofs, few barks, unless, of course, the doorbell rings. And with that one woof, he went in a different direction. He's saying, ladies and gentlemen, gird your loins. We are 27 days out of this election, and we have gotten a ride in front of us. This is it. This is where... Rubber meets the road because things are happening. Hey, we're going to talk about them today. We've got a VP debate tonight. What does it mean? Why is it important? Is it important? Uh, we've got President Trump announcing some declassification of some the Spygate scandal. I mean, this could potentially be absolutely, absolutely monumental. Huge, huge. Some more information keeps coming out about Burisma and it, you know, how much more is the October surprise starting to happen? We're going to get into that in the second segment. I'm going to talk a little bit about the VP or the SCOTUS pick. What's going on there? Because I haven't heard too much, but it's happening. It's happening next week. And then I'm going to crawl, browse through all of the media headlines, the mainstream media headlines, and then you're going to see what they want you talking about, what they're not talking about. And, you know, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to do? But first, let's get into what's going on with the election. The VP debate is tonight. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, the first debate happens between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Now, is this important? Yeah, this is important. You know, but, you know, go back to VP debates. VP debates typically are kind of a meh kind of thing, right? We watch these debates, and do we really remember big lines from VP debates? I mean, the one that pops into my head is the one between Lloyd Benson and Dan Quayle, where Lloyd ben Dan Quayle was talking about John F. Kennedy, and Benson famously quipped, Sir, I knew John F. Kennedy, and you're no John F. Kennedy. Well, Benson and um, Dukakis, who was the head of the ticket, went on to lose that election. So it didn't really mean anything, right? It didn't help him win an election. But is this one different? Is it? So let's talk about that. Uh, first off, the moderator is Susan Page. She's the Washington Bureau Chief for USA Today. So she'll moderate the 
the the event and you know she's hasn't released the topics at least not that i've found but the only difference between this debate uh, that what they agreed upon is the harris camp wanted a plexi divider between the candidates and the pence camp agreed to it so they're gonna have a big plexi divider between the two so i'm curious to see what it's going to look like the visuals how's that going to impact anything but here's what is really really impactful on this particular debate is you've got pence who is vice president to the current president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Donald Trump just contacted, contracted COVID, Chinese virus. Now, for all intents and purposes, his doctor says he's doing fine. Uh, he looks fine. You know, the media wants you to think that there's other issues behind the scene, which I'm going to get into in the second segment. But for all intents and purposes, you know, Trump looks okay. But if he takes a turn for the worse. You know, I read a, re a recent article from New York Times how the the day, you know, the day one to four, the virus starts to take hold and days four to eight is when people get sick. Now, if you can get through days four to eight, okay, chances are you're, you know, by day 14, after two weeks of incubation on this, you're fine. So we're seeing that with Trump, but he still, he has the virus and he's 74 years old and he's overweight. So he's in a high risk category. So we got potentially the president of the United States, God forbid, gets sick and passes away. Pence becomes president. So it's important. We want to see Pence. Now, I, I like Pence. I think his speech at the Democrat or the, I'm sorry, the Republican National Convention was phenomenal. I think it was spot on. It was presidential. He should be at the head of the ticket in 2024. If this administration wins re-election, then Pence will be the head of the ticket 2024 forget about talking about other candidates you know the nonsense where people talk about uh trump jr at the top of the ticket and other people no it's going to be mike pence and it should be mike pence his speech at the republican convention was phenomenal it was presidential and he was just wow so anybody's wonk so will we see that tonight in the debate so we're watching a potential president here but we're also doing that with harris right now you look at joe biden and you look at him today and you look at him four years ago, it's obvious there's cognitive decline. It's obvious. Where is he going to be in four years from now? He'll be 82. If he wins this election, he'll be 82 in the next election. And here's something that's not reported or discussed, and this is where our media fails us. When Biden announced his run, somewhere along the way, early on, he said he was only going to run for one term. He was only going to serve one term. So Kamala Harris potentially would be at the head of the ticket in 2024. So right now we're looking at two people that will potentially be at the head of the ticket in 2024. And, and with Biden's decline, his cognitive decline, will he even survive? I hate to say it, but you got to talk out loud. Will he survive a potential, his first term? You know, there are a lot of people, the conspiracy theorists say that Harris was selected to be the president. I don't get that, by the way. Why would the left select Harris? Harris was a horrible candidate. Why do they want her? Well, she's far left. She's more far. She's farther left than Bernie Sanders. So does the, is that why the left wanted her there? You know, Biden backed himself in the corner by saying he's going to pick a woman. Then he backed himself in the corner by alleging or uh, inferring that he's going to pick a woman of color. He didn't have very many choices. So Harris, did she just get it by default? I don't know. She was a horrible candidate. She didn't even make it to one primary. I mean, she did not make it to one primary. She got, she accumulated zero delegates. Tulsi Gabbard got delegates. I think she got one de delegate or two delegates. Harris didn't even make it to a primary. She was so bad at campaigning and she was so, she was resoundedly rejected by her own party 
because the Republicans weren't voting. This is this all Democrats. And the Democrat never got to vote for Kamala Harris. She dropped out before they even got a chance to vote for her. And she's going to be a heartbeat away from the presidency. And that heartbeat isn't very strong. So you got two people that'll be debating tonight that potentially will be at the top of the ticket in 2024. Because if, God forbid, Biden wins, and he very well could, polling doesn't look good, he very well could, Harris Harris will be there in 2024. You won't see Biden running in 2024. He'll be 82 years old. He's already the oldest presidential candidate. If he wins, he'll be the oldest president to, to start a term, first term. He's 78 years old. You look at him today, look at him four years ago, and now think about looking at him today and four years from now. Heck, two years from now. Will he make it then? So this is an important debate, in my opinion. So I think everybody should be watching this. I think that we should be paying attention and how these two perform, because right now, potentially, we have two presidential candidates on the stage. But will it be memorable? I don't know. I mean, in most cases, the president, the vice president's debate is just simply not memorable. But this one could be different. So we'll see. Um, typically, you also don't get a lot of... Um, uh, coverage as far as media coverage. You don't get a lot of uh, ratings. I'm sorry, ratings where I want to go. So, but this is crucial. We're at a very pivotal point right now because we've got President Trump is not doing well in the polling. Um, you know, the trends do not favor President Trump right now. The trends are favoring Joe Biden. Now, when I say trends, I look at the battleground states and as I reported on yesterday, two of the battleground states are trend, Biden is trending better than Hillary Clinton did at the same time. And other, the rest of the battleground states, I think there's six, the other four, he's still behind Hillary Clinton's trend in the battleground states. So it's shifting a little bit. I don't think Donald Trump's performance helped him in the debate. And then you got this report from the Daily Caller, which is a right-leaning report. Headline is, battleground polls show massive shift among senior voters away from Trump. So for the first time, seniors are voting away from Donald Trump or the Republican candidate because this has been a solid block for Republicans for a long, long time. Now, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when everything falls out, when the election comes, but right now the trends do not favor Donald Trump. So does what does Donald Trump need? Does he have an October surprise up his sleeve? This just may be it. This is from the Gateway Pundit. President Trump authorizes total declassification of all documents related to Spygate, Hillary email scandal with no redactions. This is huge. Now, President Trump, Tuesday night, this is from the article, President Trump, Tuesday night, went scorched earth and authorized the total declassification of all documents related to the Russia hoax, Spygate, and Hillary Clinton's email scandal. No redactions, Trump said. He tweeted out, I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in American history, the Russian hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal, no redactions, Trump tweeted out. So, you know, we've got, the VP debate tonight, COVID-19 is going to be bashed over their head. We've got Trump declassifying all this. This is potentially, is this Trump's October surprise because he's hurting in the polls or is he doing this because it's the right thing to do? Hard to say because he is hurting in the polls, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot deny that. Trump's not doing well in the polls. So 
he's got to do something. And is this it? Will it work? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it could be that it's a last ditch effort. Is it a, uh, is it, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Why am I drawing a blank on this word? Is it a panic? Is it a desperation attempt because he's hurting in the polls? Could potentially be huge. Could potentially be a game changer. But unfortunately, our mainstream media doesn't tend to care about these things. They're not going to help Trump. I mean, they're going to have to. I mean, as I get into the second part of this uh, podcast today, uh, only one media outlet, news outlet, is covering this so far. But what, I mean, the potential for what's going to happen here is, I mean, big. So from the article, and this is from Gateway Pundit, Trump's tweet comes after DNI, Department of National, uh, uh, the DNI, uh, um, <clears throat> John Ratcliffe, declassified and released documents on Tuesday revealing former CIA director John Brennan briefed Barack Obama on Hillary Clinton's plot to stir up a scandal to tie Trump to Russia in order to distract from her email scandal ahead of the 2016 election. So the declassification comes, uh, and it's Department of National Intelligence. I was trying to remember what it was. Declassification comes after Ratcliffe released a Russian intel assessment in which he asserted that Hillary Clinton hatched the Russia hoax in order to pin the DNC hacking on President Trump. There is ample evidence out there that the the hoax, the Russian hoax, was created from the Hillary campaign. She approved it, brought it to Obama, said, I'm doing this, and he approved it. We have documents that John Brennan briefed Obama on this, that it was a plot to stir up a scandal to tie Trump to Russia. The Russian hoax is just that. We know that now. We know that it's, uh, it was all a hoax. So Trump has authorized a declassification of all documents related to Spygate, Hillary's email scandal, with no redactions. Because what we've seen so far, there have been redactions. So this also from the Gateway Pundit. Obama began holding secret meetings in the White House basement in July 2016 at the exact same time the Trump-Russia hoax was put into play. Obama knew of the bogus plan to tie candidate Trump to Russia in late July in 2016. At the same time, Obama kicked off secret meetings that were held in the basement of the White House. So we've got ample evidence now that suggests Hillary Clinton created the tr the Russia hoax, the Spygate scandal, the PP tape, which was the dossier, and we have ample evidence now that Obama knew about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is huge. What else can be released? Is this Trump's October surprise? Is this where Trump gets back the messaging and the narrative? Will people be outraged enough to not vote for the Democrat candidate? Will this be it? I don't know. I wish I could say it is, but I just, the electorate is so official. This is a base election. Everything right now is, is riding on the base getting out. Now, this kind of stuff right here will fire up the right. And, but if the right's not fired up already, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know how you get more fired up. I mean, we cannot sit and not sit out this election. I mean, this literally is a right and wrong election, in my opinion. The left being wrong, the right being right. I mean, this was obvious that they were colluding 
with each other, the Hillary Clamp and the Obama administration, to prevent Donald Trump from being elected. They first wanted him as the nominee because they didn't think he could make it. They didn't think he would get elected. So they did everything they could. They threw all kind of free media at Donald Trump when he was running, and that and that helped him. And the media created this, and then they went, whoop, we don't want that. So now, all of a sudden, the left got what they wanted. They got Donald J. Trump as the nominee, and then he starts winning. He starts getting traction. Their internal polls start showing, well, hold on, this doesn't look good for us. So now what do they got to do? They're panicking. So they devise somebody in Hillary's camp. We don't know who yet. Devise the plot to tie Russia to Trump, to tie Russia hacking the DNC to Trump. When we don't even know if the Russians really hacked the DNC because the DNC never turned over the computers. Because you remember, the DNC reported that they've been hacked and they alluded to that it was Russia, 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 but they never turned over their computers to the FBI. See, so the FBI doesn't know. So now this, this declassification is related to Spygate, Hillary Clinton's email scandal. So this is going to show, without a doubt, that the Obama administration was in on it to spy on an American citizen, which Donald Trump and people within his, his camp. So, but there's something else brewing out there too that uh, potentially is going to blow up. So we got the declassification. Is that the October surprise or is Burisma the October surprise? So this is from a website or from a source I'm not familiar with. So I'm, I was hesitant to even go over this source. Uh, it's the Hal Turner radio show. And I, I was looking for other sources on it and I just couldn't find it. So I don't know the validity of this, but there's some stuff in here that I think it's important to talk about. The headline is uh, corporation admits in court, they bribed us vice president, Joseph Biden. Now this came from a site called the nation. And it was released on September 30th. So some of this is a little uh, old, but in an utterly stunning development for U.S. Pol politics, Burisma Gas Holdings Corp. of Ukraine admitted in court today they bribed U.S. Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. OK, now that's salacious, right? Now, there, there's not really evidence in here that there is flat out bribery to Joe Biden, but there is for Hunter Biden. So I'm going to read from the article. Then we'll talk about this. The only issue left is how much the bribes were. At present, Burisma disputes a claim that the bribe amounted to 900000 There are indications the amount may be far greater. The ongoing case of Ukrainian gas holding company Burisma against People's Deputy of Ukraine, Andriy Derkach, Derkach, has revealed that Burisma did, in fact, bribe Joe and Hunter Biden with large cash payments. The only question is how much. The, the Pershing District Court in Kiev indicated that the representatives from Burisma are the only refuting the amount of money the company paid to Joe and Hunter Biden. Burisma is not, they're not refuting it. It is important to note, refuting that it did, in fact, pay these two large sums of cash, which is still be determined. So Burisma's not refuting it. On his Facebook page, Durkak explained that Burisma has now admitted that it bribed Joe Biden, and as expected, Burisma lost. Durkach said that Burisma bribed Joe Biden with a $900,000 lobbying lump sum, which the company is disputing solely due to the amount. So Burisma's not saying we didn't give him money. Burisma's saying it's how much. Now, during the first televised presidential debate, which aired on television last week, President Trump dropped a massive hint when he asked Biden why his son took $3.5 million from the wife of the mayor of Moscow, former wife, former mayor of Moscow.
It is starting to look as though Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden is running for president because it's the only way he can prevent being put in prison for accepting bribes while vice president. Now, I'm not saying he accepted a bribe, and this does not say he accepted a bribe, but it brings up a pretty important point. There was a a, a, a court case held. Barisma is admitting to money being paid out, and uh, you know Trump called Biden out on it at the debate. So again, I'm I'm not saying this 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 cannot be said that Joe Biden was flat out bribed. But his son, I'm sorry, his son. Now this from just the news, where John Solomon's reporting, right? This 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 taints it even more for Hunter Biden. And it also shows Joe Biden lying about it. So this from Just the News, which is a credible news source, John Solomon, which is a, who is a credible news person, Joe Biden's defense of his son's overseas business deals conflicts with public evidence. Documents tie Hunter Biden to Russia oligarch Yelena Berterina and a $3.5 million payment despite Joe Biden's denial. So during one of the many sharp exchanges of last week's presidential debate, Joe Biden flat out denied his son, Hunter, had any business relations with the Russian oligarch Yelena Baterina, the billionaire wife of the late Moscow mayor. Why? This is what uh, Trump said in the debate. Why is it just out of curiosity the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars? Trump asked. Not That's not true, Biden answered. Oh, really? He didn't get three and a half million dollars? Trump persisted. It's totally discredited, the former vice president snapped back. Totally discredited. In fact, this is from John Solomon's piece, Biden answered directly conflicts with evidence that the U.S. Senate, the FBI, and the U.S. Treasury Department have all gathered. In their most recent investigative report on Ukraine corruption, the Senate Finance and Homeland Security Committees disclosed that suspicious activity reports, SAR, uh, that the Treasury Department turned over to Senate investigators show a direct link between Hunter Biden and Baterina. Hunter Biden received a $3.5 million wire transfer from Elena Baterina, the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, the Senate report declared, identifying a firm that the younger Biden and his business partner, Devin Archer, had created in 2013 as the recipient of the 2014 payment. So we got ample evidence that Hunter Biden received money from this group. Now, and, and, you know, there's FBI that's got evidence. There's a lot of evidence out there. And Joe Biden says no. So this is potentially bigger than Trump declassifying this information. And here's something to remember in all of this. Um, Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Let's say that November 4th comes and we know who won. Let's say, God forbid, it's Biden. If Biden wins the election, Donald Trump is still the president of the United States through January, January 20th, inauguration day, right? So at least up until January 19th, Trump could be doing stuff. Actually, the morning of January 20th, Trump could be doing stuff. Most likely it won't. When I say stuff, executive orders, declassification. So if Trump loses the election, who's to say Trump's not going to release all of this? This information is out there. This information is there, but we're not seeing it because a lot of it's classified information. We're going to start seeing very quickly uh, declassified information because all these entities like Judicial Watch and all them are going to start digging into this uh, Russia hoax and Hillary Clinton's emails. And we potentially are going to see some explosive stuff come out of there. Otherwise, I don't think Trump would have declassified it. But I think this is all leading 
to Burisma, the Burisma scandal with Biden, the Ukraine scandal with Biden. All of this is leading to that. The best thing I believe that can happen to Joseph Biden and the Democrats, you're going to be surprised when I say this, is that Trump is reelected. Yeah, that's right. That Trump is actually reelected. Because if Trump is not reelected between November 4th and January 20th, I think Trump's going to release all this stuff. Because this is the media's doing. This is the left's doing. And it's wrong what they're doing. They should be reporting facts rather than narratives. They've been using this COVID-19 as a bash over Donald Trump's head. If if the outbreak never happened, Donald Trump would win in a landslide. But instead, we're going to have a razor-thin election because the media has been using the China virus as a way to, to, to get this president out of office. And the best thing that could happen to the Hillary Clintons of the world, even the Obama and the Bidens, is Donald Trump is reelected. I know it's crazy. It's crazy, right? Because, you know, between election and November 20th is when he can release all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, old Biden, he's got a tainted presidency. In fact, it could be a huge scandal that brings his presidency down. So I'd be careful if I were the left right now. I mean, Trump's pissed. He's pissed with the way they're handling the coronavirus. He's pissed with uh, how all the lies and the smears and all of uh, the misreporting. I mean, l- look at what they've done with him calling out racists and white supremacists. You know, Jim Acosta, who's like the worst reporter in the world, tweeted out just the other day, Trump has finally condemned white supremacy. And then somebody pulled up a tweet he did in 2017 where he said Trump condemned white supremacy. This is what this president is up against, and he's pissed. I saw the other day when he was saying that you shouldn't fear the the virus, I saw a man who was angry. I saw a man who's had enough because we shouldn't fear the virus. You know, famously, FDR, don't, you should, the only thing to fear is fear itself, a leftist icon, a Democrat icon, right? And this president gets eviscerated by the media because he dare say we shouldn't fear this virus and we should live our lives. Yeah, you leftists, you need to gird your loins because this president, he's pissed. And I think he's done taking crap from you guys because if he loses the election, whoo, <laughs> all of this is going to be released. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. We know Joe Biden was lying. Well, you know, his mind is so far gone, maybe he believes it too. But we know Biden or Hunter Biden is corrupt. We know. Uh, we know that the media is totally in the camp for the left. They're one and the same. You know, ch- listen to the next segment. In the next segment, I'm going to go through the headlines of the mainstream media, and you're going to see the narrative right there. Surprisingly, one of them is kind of down the middle of the road. But you'll see it. You'll see how they're using this coronavirus to attack this president and to get him out of office. Well, they don't care. They don't care if uh, the economy crashes. They don't care of all the thousands of businesses that have gone under. They don't care about the millions of people out of work. They don't care. All they care about, all they care about is getting Donald Trump out of office, orange man bad. Now, to my listeners in California, and you know what? You guys are a large block of listeners for me, and I thank you for that. You got to get out and vote. California, 
I think it's a pitiful state this year. I think that if more and more people get out and vote California that haven't voted in years past because they felt their vote just didn't count because, you know, it's a, a, a blue state, no matter what they do, they'll, the, the, the Democrats win. You know, the last election cycle, Orange County went Democrat, if I'm not mistaken. A large parts of Orange County has been solidly Republican. Looked like there was some shenanigans in some of the voting. Yeah, there's voter fraud, no doubt about that. But uh, California, if everyone in California who supports this president or who is right of center, whether or not you support this president or not, and you don't need to support who he is, support what he does, support the party and I'm not a big party supporter. I'm all about really, you know, I vote my pocketbook. California, you need to vote your pocketbook. You need to get the left out of your state. And the way you do that is you get out in droves and you get out and you vote down ticket, vote red, get these leftists out of your state. You can't even go to a restaurant now and, uh, 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 well, you can go to a restaurant now. I, I talked about this in the second segment of the podcast, so I won't bring it up. But California put out an edict about wearing a mask at a restaurant. I mean, this is a state where the government is so far left and so ineffective that they have done nothing to offset the wildfires, and, and it's caused devastation every freaking cycle. So for you people in California, man, my heart's with you. I'm originally born in California, lived in the Bay Area for a long time, as I said before. Get out and vote. This is the time. This is it. Don't left. Don't let the leftist algorithm do us in. And let's get out there and let's put the left in their place. And let's, let's, God, dare I say it? Dare I say it? Make America great again. Thanks for listening to this segment of the podcast. Don't miss the next one where I show you the media bias. It's real and uh, it's blatant. They're, it's easy to read what narrative they want you to think and you need to think for yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Of course, get on over to our website, pblpodcast.com. Subscribe to our YouTube. Click on our YouTube link. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're going to be growing that channel here shortly with some videos. I put out some videos now. Uh, I put out my TikTok videos on there so you can see what I'm doing on TikTok without having those evil Chinese, communist Chinese. Not all Chinese are evil. Not all Chinese are communists, but the communists they're they're evil they they don't have they don't you don't have to worry about them spying on you by going on tiktok you can see all my videos on youtube all right again thanks for listening and woody we got any parting wolves woody says wolf like follow share subscribe rate us five star 